learn a lesson there. Over the past several weeks, several, several weeks, we've been traveling along with the Apostle Paul trying to get to Rome. I think we'll make it tonight. But from the beginning of, uh, for, for the beginning portion of this lesson, allow me to just backtrack just a little bit. Just gonna hit some high points, if you don't mind, just along the way. Some of the things that we've discovered along the way to kind of uh, put all this together. Starting off, I, I think the biggest thing we, we need to remember is way back, God told Paul, you're going, to be, you're going to go to Rome. So when God has proclaimed something like that, that is what he, Paul could reach back to and always hold on to. There are things in, in life, let me, let me say this um, like this, and I don't know what this means to anybody else, but when I was a little boy, uh, young, I was never little, but I, when I was a young boy, I dealt with a lot of stuff, a lot of fear, um, I was always scared a devil was going to come in my room. My mom was like, if a devil comes in your room, you know, the Lord's in the room. You know, she was real compassionate. But I was always scared a devil was going to come in the room. Uh, always scared of this, scared of that, feared this. At one time, somebody was dumping comet in the sink, and I got it in my mouth, and I knew I was passing away, so I went upstairs and prayed through. You know, just all kinds of stuff, which probably didn't hurt me. We need some more comet probably around here, dumping my mouth. But the point being a lot, of, a lot of fear. And I remember one time I was praying, I was praying, little boy, just asking God to help me and I, I wanted to make sure I have my home. And, and it just, there's this, I, I, there's this calming reassurance and I know it's so simplistic, but I remember God telling me as a little boy, you're gonna make it to heaven. And that's really all it took. You know, as a little boy, and whatever that means, well, theologically, the Lord won't say that and all that. Well, then, then fake me out. It was my head. It doesn't matter. The point is, it so greatly calmed me down. And so from that moment on, whatever I have gone through, I have held back to that, that I'm going to heaven. So whatever situation, I'm not saying, you know, well, well, I can live in sin because, you know, I'll be saved before the trumpet says. I'm not saying that. The point is that assurance that I can go to heaven, which really is biblical because the Bible says, make your calling and election sure. I've said this over the years and I'll say this again and I'll continue to say it. If for one second I thought I was not ready for the coming of Jesus Christ, I would not be standing here. I can promise you that. I wouldn't go to bed tonight. I wouldn't sleep until I've made my calling and election sure. I, I've said this, and it's not conceited, it's not cocky, I'm just, it's confident that I, where I am in God, if, if you ever think the rapture has happened, call me. If I answer, it hasn't. Oh, you think you're that spiritual. No, I think I'm that saved. It's not something I've done. It's his grace that's done that. So all throughout my life, I've pulled back on that to say, I'm saved by grace, and I know I'm saved. I've made my call and election sure. So when troubles come, when the, when the boat rocks, when the storms come, I can count on that, that I know I'm going to go to heaven, and I know all of us can do that. So that was Paul's kind of his, and again, the destination, it's our ultimate destination, but we have destinations and purposes here on earth, and starting off, Paul, when he knew he was going to Rome, he believed God and he was able to trust God throughout the entire process that he went through. Paul knew that no matter how rough the sailing got, no matter what storms came his way, no matter how impossible the situation seemed, God was going to get him to Rome. That's what God said he was going to do. This is the very basis of what we've looked at over this entire course of, of these lessons. If you have a promise from God, is what I kept trying to say and 
again, over and over, if you have a destiny, if you have a purpose, if you have a calling, God is going to get you where you need to be. You hang on to that, and God is going to uh, do that. I, I, I apologize. I don't mean to turn this all about me, but I, I remember, and I could take you to the place on the Illinois District Campground when I was nine years old when God called me to preach. As a nine-year-old, I don't know what that because there is no vocation of a preacher. You can be an evangelist. You can be a pastor. You can be a youth pastor. You can be all kinds of things, but really, we don't pay preachers. We, you, you, you make a living by doing something with the preaching if sort of preaching. But anyway, so the, the thing is, whatever that was, and so as the years rolled on, I, I never breathed a word of this calling to anybody, and I kind of something, I, mom told me a story one time, I said something to her in a, almost in a backhanded type way, where she knew there was something that I had, the Lord had spoken to me, but I, I didn't, I didn't tell anybody, I, I kept it to myself, but, but I thought if I'm called to do that, I need to get equipped, and so then my route was to go to Bible college and get a degree in theology, and I went home after that, and I started working for my dad. Thank God he had a, a business, and I went home and was making good money working for him, pouring concrete, different things. I got my car paid off and got completely out of debt and had some money in the bank, and a church called me and asked me to come be their youth pastor. Then the doors started opening from there, and I've been in ministry, I guess you could say it, every, ever since. Here's the deal about that. It wasn't always easy. It wasn't always the different roams that I went through or the different destinations God took me through. It wasn't always uh, pretty sailing along the way. Just like Paul going to Rome, the destination wasn't always easy, but he said he was going to get there. The thing about this is, is I knew what I was called to do. I knew the purpose in my life. And so come hell or high water, if you can say it that way, that's one of those things you hang on to. And you know, God has called me to do this. And so I'm going to do that. He's going to get you there. And so again, I don't mean to be redundant and I don't mean to insult anybody's intelligence in any way whatsoever, but you have to understand something about yourself and you have to go back to those landmarks. This is what God said to me. I know it seems impossible and it doesn't seem like the boat is heading that way, and it seems like I've been in severe storms, but if this is what God said, that's what you're going to do. He's going to get you there. I don't know how, I don't know when, and so Paul's journey to Rome inspires us to persevere no matter the temptation, no matter the outcome, no matter the obstacles that appear in the path. Just keep trusting God. Paul's journey to Rome was probably not how he thought it would be. He, he was on a prison ship, a, a prison boat. I'm sure that's not what he wanted. I'm sure he didn't think he'd be in the middle of the storm. I'm sure he didn't think that the boat would explode. I'm sure he didn't think they'd be on Malta. I'm sure he didn't think they'd take all these other uh, passageways to get to Rome, but it didn't matter to him because God said, you're going to get there. And so through all of those things, he reached back and he realized those things and he could stand firm on that. And God was working in every situation. And so another lesson that we learned from Paul along the way is in that middle of the storm came, come what may, God was still working. And we need to learn that, that I can't see the big picture. There's tons of things here on earth that does not make any sense to us whatsoever. But we sing the song by and by, we'll understand it better by and by. And I, I guess we will. And it, it doesn't matter because we'll be in heaven, we'll be happy. And that's wonderful. But whether I understand it here or not, God is still working. God is always working. There is something 
bigger happening along the way that I can't see and I can't even explain, and I'm not sure. That's why we always say this is a walk of faith. We waste so much time trying, I think, trying to understand God when the Bible says you're not ever going to understand God. His thoughts are above our thoughts. His ways are so much higher above our ways. I'm never going to understand God. We're not asked to understand God. We're asked to trust God. And so if, my, if, if I would take all of the energy that I'm trying to understand, okay, this piece and that piece and this piece and that piece, okay, I can kind of see that. Instead of t- focusing all of my energy on that, I just say, I trust him. I hold on to him. I'm going to trust him. He's going to get me where he said he was going to get me to. Not maybe in my time and the way I want to go, but he's going to get me. In these storms, we can choose fear or we can choose faith. In a storm like this, we also learn we have no hope outside of where our faith or outside of Jesus Christ. There's nothing else we can do. We, when you're in the middle of a storm like that and the boat is tossing, you can't get out of that storm. There's no way out of it. What are your options then? To throw in the towel, to give up, to faint, to fear, or to keep trusting God. That's the only other, that's the only real two options that we have. But the sailors again that were with him, they were on board. They did all they could to save that boat. It's their only source. It's the only thing that they thought would work. This is the only way out of this storm is to save this boat. And so they they brought the lifeboat on board, if you remember that, and they somehow went under the boat and tied it all together and, and, and they let down the anchors right in the middle of the storm so they didn't float anywhere. They stayed right in the middle of the storm, anchored in the middle of that storm. And it seems logical and that seems like Well, that makes sense. I don't blame him for doing any of that, and I don't. But the problem we look at is it it was motivated by fear is why they did that. They were trying to do everything on their own power, what I need to do, what I can do, how I can help myself. And our feelings aren't necessarily controllable. I don't blame them in the middle of the storm for being terrified. It's what we normally would be that those feelings come and there's nothing really we can do about them. It's it's how I respond to those feelings makes all the difference in the world. So if I feel scared, what's my response to that? If my response to that is just sit in the corner, twiddle my thumbs, oh, we're we're, uh, we're never going to make it out of this and just be all nervous about that, then that's my response to the fear. But if my response is, Lord, I am scared to death, but I'm still going to trust you. You're going to get me out of this somehow. We're going to make it through this by, by your strength and by your power. Then it puts a totally different spin on how I'm in the middle of that storm. We can pull up the anchors and get moving And get through that storm. The people on that ship were so desperate. This lesson we talked about. They threw everything overboard to lighten that ship. Talked about sometimes in storm we suffer that great loss. There's pain. There's hurt. There's weariness. There's disappointment. But sometimes we need to stop asking God to restore the past. Stop clinging to what it used to be. And what should probably have been thrown overboard maybe a long time ago and just keep hanging and clinging on to God because God's not interested in renovating our past. He's interested in releasing us into the future. You're a new creature in Christ. And Jesus really is all we need. While they're in that storm, God sent an angel to Paul. In the middle of that storm, Paul, I want you to remember one thing. Everybody's going to be all right, and you're going to get to Rome. 
Maybe Paul had a little doubt at that moment, and God seems, in times like that, seems to send people. If it's an angelic visitation, if it's a person in human skin, it doesn't matter what happens. God can send someone to us, and God can encourage us along the way. That I kind of got weary along the way, and I kind of got... uh, uh, lambasted by the storm a little bit, but God sent someone to me to say, you're called, you're chosen, you're going to make it, and everything's going to be all right. Thank God for that. Thank God for people that speak into our lives and his word that can do that. So Paul, he talked to, the, he talked to those on that boat. He could have just kept it to himself. He was in a storm also. He was on a prison ship. He told them, remember this? He told them before they even got in the boat, he said, don't leave. If we leave, there's gonna be devastation. Oh, I think it's perfect, let's get in the boat. Well, there was devastation. Angel came and saw Paul in the middle of the devastation and Paul could have said, oh, I told him so, but I ain't telling him. Let him shake, let him be fearful, let him, but Paul didn't do that. Paul said, I'm in a storm, but so is everybody else. And God has spoken to me, and I'm not going to keep it to myself. I'm going to let everybody know you're going to be okay. God's going to get us to Rome. God is going to do that. And sometimes we get, we, we can't get so, or, or I should say, we can't get so fixated on my storm and what I'm in that we forget there's other people in storms too. There's, God can use us in our storm if we allow him to. Because people are noticing how you're going through your life and going through your storm and you can be help to them. We can either be a clog or we can be a conduit. We can be a stepping stone or we can be a stumbling block. Which way are we going to be? Again, these are all choices that we can make because life is gonna happen. We're gonna go through storms. We're gonna go through situations. What are you going to do with those? Then during this storm, one of the craziest things happened that we'd studied about is some soldiers were pretending to do something with the anchors, but instead they were letting the lifeboat down and they were getting ready to get in the lifeboat and Paul blew the whistle on them said if they get away in the lifeboat there's going to be loss of life you can't do that and so the craziest thing that happened if you ever needed a lifeboat is when you were in this storm they cut the lifeboat and it floated away in the storm making zero sense well there's people under the sound of my voice it made zero sense for them to give up a great scholarship to a great university. But thank God Brother Graham did because thousands of lives are changed because he gave that up and chose what God wanted him to do. Didn't make any sense. Matter of fact, and I'd be so bold to say this, that's foolish from this level. But from that level, that was not his destiny. This was his destiny. What a difference that makes. And so in those situations, sometimes it doesn't seem that doesn't make sense to cut it loose and your only safety net to cut that loose. That is when, though, I have to depend completely on him because in my weakness, when I can't do it anymore, that's when he becomes strong. That's when he can do it through me. We learned that God, that with God, it's an all or nothing walk with him. There is no plan B. There's no escape hatches. Finally, they spotted land and 
were going to make a run for it. And since the ship was so battered, remember to hit that sandbars and the back end of it just, just exploded. And everybody was, the prisoners, they were scared the prisoners were going to get loose. And so they decided to kill all the prisoners. But the apostle Paul was a prisoner. So God said, you're getting to Rome and everybody's going to get to Rome. And so they changed plans. Again, a divine intervention. And God saved Paul and the lives of everybody else on board. And asked the question, have you ever been through a storm it seemed like you were about to get out and then something came and just poof, knocked you down again. The old adage, light at the end of the tunnel only to find out it was a train coming. You're almost out and then boom, knocked you down again. Got to follow Paul's example. What did he do? He cried, he, he wailed, he moaned. He just kept trusting God. Paul, how do you do that? Because God said, I'm going to Rome. Well, the boat just exploded and you're wet in the water. I, it, I don't care. I guess he'll send a great fish like he did to Jonah and spit me. I don't know how he's going to do it. I'm not worried about it. God said, I'm going to Rome. What confidence in God. What a way to live and to serve him, knowing that he's going to take care of it. And so the ship was destroyed, but all 276 were grabbing broken pieces to safety. And here's the, what we kind of learned in this lesson is that God can use anything. He can use all your brokenness to get you to safety. We thought it was brokenness. We thought it was a mistake. We thought it was a, it, there's no way, but God used that to get you to where you needed to be. It may look like a wreck, but it will save your life. And when they got to Malta, Malta, no, it wasn't Rome, but it must have felt like heaven to them because they were safe on that shore. We have to be careful not to get discouraged on the journey because we're not at Rome yet, but we are still safe. We're not at heaven yet, but we are still saved. And I'm thankful for that. And all along the way that we can, we can uh, look at different things and we can thank God for his blessings even though we're not where we're supposed to be yet and where God has promised us. And Paul endured all of this hardship, this horrible storm. He seemed safe on shore finally, shaken up, yes, cold, yes, but the people there on Malta were so kind to him when out of the blue, here it goes, the gotcha moment and the venomous snake got his hand. He should have died but he just shook it off. Even in that moment, Paul knew, I don't care. I'm going to Rome. And I've got to speak in Rome, so it's not going to be in a body bag. I'm going to go to Rome. And so he just shook off everything that came up against him. Paul didn't panic, didn't throw in the towel, didn't blame God, didn't say, give me a break, I quit. Every time I turn around, something else happens to me. On their journey, he just went and he said, I'm going to Rome. Here's the deal with that. Some things are going to try to attack and attach themselves to you and cause trouble and to slow you down. And we've got to learn there are things you just have to shake off. There are things that aren't worry, worth holding on to and worrying about. The bitterness, just shake it off. Somebody hurt your feelings, I'm sorry, but sometimes just we got to shake that stuff off. We've got bigger picture. We've got to get to Rome. We've got to, something else and bigger to do. And so we've got to do that. What God is going, uh, what God is going in, what God is doing in your life may shock other people because he shook that off because immediately all these people, all oh, the great apostle Paul, they didn't know who he was as a prisoner. And all of a sudden he survived. He survived all this horrific storm and all this stuff. And now a snake's got him evidently. That cause and effect I talked about on Sunday. Evidently, he's a murderer and something bad. And so although the storm didn't get him, the snake is going to get him. 
And he shook it off and he just kept building a fire and whistling or whatever he was doing. And then everybody said, bowing down to him. Oh, my lands, he must be a God now. And shocked them and changed their perspective completely on what just happened. And so in that, we have to learn that, yes, what God will do in your life may shock some people and that's okay. But make sure it doesn't shock you. Realizing God can use you. God can do miraculous things through your life. God can do powerful things. And I know that sometimes we, we are harder on ourselves than anybody. That I can't do that and I can't and there's, it's impossible. But guys, has God said it and if God has called you, he'll get you to where you need to be. And last week we looked at that Paul was so close to Rome. And it would have been easy for him to just get impatient. Just get upset because of the process. We've got to learn that God is getting us to Rome. But again, yeah, there may be a process. Because remember, the boat was done. Everything They threw everything in the sea. They were quite a ways. They were a long way from Rome yet. And because there was revival on that little island of Malta, because Publius's dad was sick and he healed him, and then everybody on the island started coming. There was that great church, a great revival broke out and spread the gospel there, and it was wonderful. When they left, they loaded them down with everything they needed to get to Rome. So was that, was that detour to Malta necessary? Oh, absolutely necessary. Was your little stop on the way that you thought, well, that's what I'm ultimately called to do, but the stop on the way, was it necessary? Yes, because you learned valuable lessons that you're going to be able to use up there. So don't get impatient with getting there. Don't get impatient with what God is trying to do in the delays along the way because he's giving you things for when you get to where you need to be on your Rome. Let's start with Acts 28, 16. Finally there. I ran my mouth, and I got 20 minutes. All right, here we go, real fast. Acts 28, 16, and when we came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard, but Paul was suffered to dwell by himself with a soldier that kept him. He got to stay in a little rent house, just one guy just watching him. Acts 28, 17, and it came to pass that after three days, Paul called the chief of Jews together. He said unto them, men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people of customs of our fathers, Yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans, who, when they had examined me, would have let me go because there was no cause of death in me. But when the Jews spake up against me, I was constrained. I didn't have a choice. I, I, I appealed to, to, to Caesar, not that I had to accuse my nation of. For this cause, therefore, have I called for you to see and, and to speak with you, because that for the hope of Israel, I'm... I'm bound with these change. Okay, watch what verse 28. And they said unto him, we neither received letters or out of Judea concerning thee, neither any of thy brethren that came showed or spake any harm of thee. Then verse 22. But we desire to hear of thee what you think. For as concerning this sect or this gospel or this way or this Jesus we know that everywhere it's spoken against. And then they appointed a day, had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning until evening. Let's look at that for a moment. Paul was finally a 
accomplishing in Rome what God had intended for him all along to start spreading the gospel in Rome. But again, there were some challenges along the way because you have to understand, let's, let's, let's go through some lessons here. After you achieve your goal, after you get to Rome, after you realize your dream, or you, you, the thing about it is there may be some disorientation, if I can say it like that at first. You, you know you're right where God wants you to be, but you'll likely still encounter some new obstacles. Don't ever think of those as I'm out of the will of God. The pressure is often greater. The people are often more powerful. The problems are often bigger. But so is your favor with God. You're smack dab in the middle of God's will of what he wants. His hand is still on you. So here we have Paul. He got to Rome. And Paul was allowed to live by himself, as I mentioned, in a small apartment, not in a prison cell. And he could, have a, could interact with numerous other people, including the Jewish religious leaders. And Paul was trying to explain. That's why the passage I read. He, he called these Jewish leaders and he was trying to say, okay, guys, I wouldn't need everybody to listen to me. I didn't come to get anybody in trouble. Okay? I didn't come to throw the Jewish customs under the bus. Okay, I'm here on a, I don't know all that you've heard or anything, but I'm trying to, I'm trying not to upset you in any way. I'm trying to explain why I'm here. But in reality, if you think about it, can we put it in these terms? Paul's court documents got lost in the mail. Nothing got to these people. So when he got there, they just heard about this guy that came and they just saw this man. They may have heard his name, but they didn't know why he was there. Understand this could have been, and I believe it was another opportunity for God to do something or for God to show himself strong because you know how it is. Okay, I'm gonna tell you, we're gonna have a preacher, and I'm lying here, I'm sorry, but we're gonna have a preacher next week or this Sunday. He's, hor oh, I shouldn't say Brother Paul's preaching this Sunday. <laughs> Oops, I didn't mean that. Okay, July, whatever. We're having a guy come. And folks, he's bad. He's a terrible preacher. He's awful. He's not real strong on the doctrine. He's just, I could go on and on and on. First of all, you're gonna like, well, <laughs> then why is he coming, first of all? You could say all these things. But it doesn't matter, you know, if I paint in a different way or if I say, this guy's coming, and then all of a sudden it starts rumbling throughout the crowd. Oh, God, that is the worst guy. Why in the world? This is, I'm not even coming to church. It doesn't matter how good he did, does. If you decide to come to church, you're, everybody's going to have a little chip on their shoulder. Yeah, he was bad. You're right. He was bad. And so even if he was fabulous, why? Because you come in with some preconceived ideas. So this is what Paul thought happened. He thought the letters got there, and he thought they were going to be all this idea that these Jewish people were going to come to him and say, oh, Paul, you're come to Rome. You're come to throw us under the bus, and you're come to uproot everything, and you've come to turn everything around and be all mad at him. And they said, no, I, your court papers got lost in the mail. We have no clue. And then they said, but by the way, since you're here, we've heard a lot about this Jesus stuff. Can you explain that to us? What a miracle. How powerful that is. And that is one of the reasons he got there. And Paul was allowed to explain that to them time and time again. And he could interact with numerous other peoples because, he, again, he wasn't in prison. He was on a prison boat. He wasn't in prison. They put him in an apartment. Paid for his apartment and had just a guy standing outside saying, okay, you're leaving. All right, come back at some time. 
doesn't happen to prisoners. Why? It was the favor of God was on him because he was right in the middle of where God had wanted him, where God wanted him to be. And they, and so when you finally arrive in the Rome where God wants you, yes, there may be some still challenges. You, you still may have some bondage. You still, you may not still have all the freedom you think you should have and some frustrations and disappointments, but you have to understand God will continue to open up the way for you. Let me read a powerful scripture verse in second Quran way back in 20 verse 6 and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art, art not thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over how many of the kingdoms? All of them, all of the kingdoms of the heathen and in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? I don't care who's in power. When God says there's going to be revival, there's going to be revival. I don't care what laws they pass. When God said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. He can talk to kings in their bedchambers. He can, he can change the Supreme Court. He can change the government. He can do what he wants. Why? Because he's God above all things, and he's king of kings and lord of lords. Since they hadn't received any documents, the Jewish people just heard him. and were able. He was able to minister to them, but not just to them, to anybody who came in and out of that house. He could talk to them and teach them about Jesus. God calls each of us to minister where we are. Well, I'm supposed to be before Caesar. I'm supposed to be talking to the governor right now. Well, while you're waiting to get to the governor's house, while you're in your apartment, talk to everybody that's in your apartment that wants to hear the gospel. Galatians 3.28 tells us there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's not bond nor free. There's not male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter who it is. Everybody deserves to know about Jesus. We get so hung up sometimes on our differences and allow them to breed fear and anger and bitterness and prejudice and violence in our hearts. And that is not what God is calling us to do. God said, whosoever will, let them come. Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. The Bible says in heaven, there'll be every tongue, every nation, every creed, every color, every person will be up there. So thank God there's going to be those that don't look like me, that don't act like me, that don't maybe smell like me, that don't talk my language. None of that matters to God. Our job is to be salt and light where he has placed us, even if it's not at our final destination. This is the noble calling we have on our lives, wherever God has placed us, to live in that freedom that God has given us. To fulfill the purpose. There are people you can reach. I can't reach. I don't know them. There are people I can reach. And be a light to that you can't be. Because of certain influences. And we're to share that with everybody around us. Acts 28.30 says. And Paul dwelt two whole years. In his own hired house. And he received just the Jewish people. No. He received everybody. Just the rich. No, it didn't matter. He received all that came in unto him. What did he do? He preached the kingdom of God. Teaching those things which concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence. And here's another powerful statement. Nobody stopped him. Well, didn't they have laws? Didn't they have certain things? Nobody stopped him. 
because he had the favor of God on him. Regardless of what he did afterward, it's clear he had an enormous impact during those two years. The fact that Paul was able to preach so freely without hindrance is absolutely amazing, a miracle. I'm going to have to believe, and I think you would agree that many people from all walks of life came to know the Lord because they heard Paul preach in Rome during those two incredible years he was there. So here's what we can learn. Once you've reached your Rome, you can live out your purpose with some boldness. The boldness that Paul displayed. Because even if other purpose or other people or other circumstances, they try to hinder you or they try to stop you or they try to keep you from... Understand, he's the king above all things. Are you where you're supposed to be? Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Are you in the will of God? No matter where you are, if you're walking with him, you're in his will and he's going to use you for those purposes and get you to your destiny. So doubt is the destroyer of destiny. Once God called him to Rome... He didn't let anything pull him down. He didn't let anything stop him. He didn't let anything keep him from his divine appointment with destiny. So as you continue, as I continue our step in faith and our walk of faith and following God's plan for our life, we have an appointment with destiny. I don't know where it is. I don't know when it is. I don't know what God has called you to do or where he's called you to be, but God's favor is upon you and no storm can wash it away. God's favor is upon you and no shipwreck can sink you. God's favor is upon you and no viper can poison the source of your power and shake free of all those things that hold you back. You made it to Rome. Now's your time. Now's your time to do something incredible for the kingdom of God. He's going to help you. He's going to get you to Rome. Whatever your destiny is and whatever the stops along the way, don't be weary in well-doing. God is going to be with you. God is going to help you. Let's all stand. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for your touch. Thank you, Lord, that you can speak through your word to us. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to hide your word in our hearts. Something, Lord, that this example of the great apostle Paul, who was a real man who really was on this earth, who went through all of these situations and help us to learn some lessons from him. I pray, oh God, that people that are in a storm, people that have just reached the edge of Rome, Jesus, or, or wherever they're going in their journey, I pray that you'd be with them. Help them to know that you're right there with them. Help them to reach back, Lord, and build those altars and those landmarks where they can touch back to and realize and know that they are called without a doubt and you have great purpose and plans for their life. Help each one of us, Jesus, to do your will, to follow you where you lead us. Bless each one, I pray. Keep us in your care. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great evening.